everybody, welcome to episode 199 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your raspy hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm the, a fellow host, but not raspy, mm. Paul. Just Paul. Just Paul, like Cher. Well. Because no one uses that name. Paul. Paul, yeah. yeah. I mean, soon, yeah. Who the hell's going to be named Paul? I know. We're the, Old we're, people. We're a dying breed. You'll be like the new Gertrude. Yeah, that's true. True. So, um, uh, yeah, it's been a week. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> this is a fact. Um, I sound like ass. I have bronchitis, so you know, enjoy this uh, plethora of sexiness mm-hmm. whilst mm-hmm. you can, mm-hmm. while supplies last, um, uh, while phlegm lasts, and <laughs> um, we are just going to, it's going to be a bit of a quick one today. We're just going to review a show that we really, really, really enjoyed. Um, and uh, we hope to maybe uh, be able to talk to people from this show at some point in the future. But just didn't want to wait too long to talk about it because uh, we did really like it. Yeah. We've seen a couple things actually, but uh-huh. um, this one kind of, it's it stuck out the most. Yeah, it sure did. Unless we want to talk about the other one we saw as well. I don't know. Well, maybe. Are you feeling like a like a, a, a two movie review, two show review today, sir? Yeah. Well there's also that Jesse Plemons movie we never Yeah, we have to get into that as well. I don't know. There's just so many there's just so many goddamn things that are out and that yeah. we've seen and we can't keep up um with any of that crap. Uh has anything happened uh, any any film news? Anything that's anything Not really. Uh NAB is next weekend, so um mm-hmm. That will be And for those of you who are not familiar with what NAB is, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of nerds with gear. It's pretty much it. It is the... Uh, it's it's Gear Comic Con. Basically. Basically is what it is uh, every year in Vegas. Um, but, you know, they didn't do it during COVID. So I believe this is the first time back since COVID. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm sure it won't be packed, but it will be exciting because I feel like... Uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see what comes out of it. It's it's tough these days because companies release information usually prior to um, NAB because they know that there's going to be so much coming out in NAB they can get lost in the noise. So yeah. I'm interested to see if anything gets um, you know gets released this week. I know yeah. Aperture just released some lights, but <clears throat> recently... well, I mean that's that's the trick with that stuff, and and we will probably talk about it in the, the coming weeks, uh, see, depending on what is, is released or announced, announced, but that's usually, it, usually this is a good time to wait for when you're buying gear because, um, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna release stuff. And that, I mean, it's like, it's like everything else it releases. And then six months later, somebody else is like, Hey, we got something in the works and we'll let you know soon. And yeah. then you're like, I should have waited for that. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, all of that, all of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm happens and uh so i mean we we kind of we've been toying with the idea of of getting some gear but we wanted to wait to see what what the what the the, the gods of gear yeah. are gonna say yeah what yeah, will they make us get it's so annoying like buying gear is like you know it's it's a, it's fun obviously but it's also annoying because it's you buy something and you know in six months they'll come out with something better for the same price or a little bit more. Yeah. And it's like, it's always, you're always chasing something, but I feel like you have to just get to a point where you're like, 
this thing solves this problem for me, be it a light or a lens or whatever, and then just use that, you know, it's really, and I, you know, I love gear, you know, I'm a big gearhead, but I also realize that if I buy a light and that light serves a purpose, then I don't need to get another light just because it does something cool. Um, unless, just, unless that serves a specific purpose for what I'm trying to do, you know, sort of parallel to like cell phones where it's like, well, we released this film, like what's different? We added another camera to it. Like, do I really need, yeah, I mean, exactly. like, is that really necessary? I mean, I guess, yeah, that's great. If I was going to be getting it new, you know, um, like, oh, I got an extra camera on it, but like, I, I, I have to update my iPhone. I have like the iPhone eight. Yeah. I don't even give a shit. And yeah. I stopped even considering getting a new phone because they had gotten rid of the home button and I was mm. like absolutely not like I can't yeah. I, I can't deal with Hashtag that Hashtag bring back the home button I, I hated <laughs> the idea of like oh now I have to like code everything in put everything in do the face or whatever like I just hate that like I want to yeah. just be able to turn my phone on I don't do anything like I don't bank on my phone yeah. for that reason yeah so yes, annoying that I don't have that at the tip of my fingertips, but I am like a five-year-old. I misplace things constantly. Yeah. I lose my phone a lot. Uh, I always find it, but you know, it's like one day I won't and there's all my information. So yeah. I just refrain from going on there with that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, I just like, I, I needed to have that home button. And so now they came up with the new one. Mm-hmm. That they kept small because also I didn't want to walk around with like a fucking 28 inch screen in uh, my pocket. Give me all the screen. I hate that. I wanted regular phone. Just I, I wanted the iPhone 8 yeah. but new. Yeah. <laughs> that's and all that's, I wanted. Yeah, that's what they had. And that's what they've, they've just released. So I will consider updating my phone now because I can get my home button. Phone, same size screen. Mm -hmm. Like we're good. Good to go. Yeah. Um, but it, but really, like I think, like this one, the 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 iPhone SE, like it doesn't have the big fancy camera in the back. Do I care? No. Yeah. I don't really care. It's a, like that doesn't make or break me. I'm not like if I made a career out of being like, hey, I filmed this on my iPhone. Well, then yeah, I guess I would need to have the best of the best with iPhone and then little attachments and things. But I'm not doing any of that, so I don't care. Yeah. Do these people not get enough of our money? Phones right. like a thousand dollars. Yeah. For Pete's sake. Yeah, even I've I used to buy a phone every year. I was, yeah. but now I'm just like. You I don't used know. to be those people that like would order your phone at two o'clock in the yeah, morning. Yeah, done that a few, few times because it dropped, and I was like, "What is your damage, sir?" One year I even waited outside of a store in the morning. I forgot what phone that was. Were we for. together for that? Yeah, I was. Go I was going. To, I remember I was going to work, but I left a little early so I could get to the store before it opened and wait in line. Oh my god. <sighs> yeah. Aren't you embarrassed? I am. <laughs> I am embarrassed. <laughs> no judgment. Only a little bit. Um, okay. So um, I guess we'll review the, the, the two things. We'll review the two things okay. for you. Um, so we we watched a film uh, that came out this year and uh, an indie film titled I Want You Back. Mm -hmm. um, I found well, a, new, a, a good... It's indie, but... That's... Well, it, it's... Sure, it's, it's indie. Yeah. That's an indie film. Yeah. Not our level. Nothing's our level indie anymore. Yeah. Like, that doesn't exist. Um, so um, the director is Jason Orley. And uh, I was starring Jenny Slate and Charlie Day, uh, Scott Eastwood, Gina Rodriguez, Manny Jacinto, who we love. Yep. For a second, I was like, is that Jason? Mm -hmm. That's not Jason, is it? Yeah. It was. Yeah. Um, once he widens his eyes, when, like, yep, yeah. That's well, him. so he does this. Th <laughs> he did this thing as Jason, where it was very exaggerated, where he would like sort of 
like crane his neck forward when he talked in this really uncomfortable way. Yeah. And then he would sort of tilt his head back and widen his eyes. And I always wondered, is that a character trait or does he actually do that a bit? Like how much of this is him? Yeah. Um, and so that is apparently like something that he does do as a person. He's sort but of not like, to that degree, not to that degree at all. But it was impressive to see because you're able to see that character development. Mm -hmm. It's really, really cool to be like, okay, so he does kind of like tilt his head back and widen his eyes when he talks sometimes. But then as Jason, he like really brought it, like amped it up 100% and yeah. just like always had this like sort of nervous kind of yeah, like shoulder tick, like neck thing, you know? Yeah. So it's really funny to see him not acting like Jason because that's how we always kind of picture him. Uh, from the good place, yeah. uh, by the way, in case you don't know, you should. But uh, yeah, he was one of our favorite characters, so that yeah. was pretty cool to see him. Um, so this was this was one of those films that I thought is. I've read a couple of reviews, and I try not to read too many because I don't want them to sort of influence me. Um, some people were saying not so nice things, and I was like, you know, I generally like Jenny Slate's films and mm -hmm. her stuff, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna give it a whirl. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was it was it was really cute. It was like a like a solid yeah, rom-com little rom-com. It wasn't like it's, you know, you, look, you know what's going to happen, you yeah. know, <clears throat> before going into this film, but it's just major kind of, foreshadowing. Yeah. Um and if you know anything about, you know, these types of films, you know how it's going to end up and Yeah. So there wasn't any real big surprises necessarily in that regards, but it was fun to see them kind of go along that journey and and um you know we were fans of charlie day as well so it's always fun to see him kind of you know being silly charlie j Char charlie day was difficult for me at first because he's very loud yeah he's a very like there there is no um there seems to be no gray area to his to the decibels of his voice he's yeah. just always at 10 yeah and um, you know, his character in Always Sunny, again, we've not really gone into that show very much. So it's like, I always just think of that. But then once we saw Horrible Bosses 2, that was kind of what like pulled me into him a bit. Um, I liked this because although he can't help but sound like Bobcat Goldthwait when he talks, yeah. um, it was like this toned down version of... Sam Kinison. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, no, like... Well, yeah, Sam Kennison too, but you know how Bobcat has like yeah. that, like throaty kind of. That's how he like, like kind of thing. Yeah. That's how Charlie Day sounds to me. Um, and so it was nice to kind of see him, like when they, he was like, uh, um, I think it was in the trailer also, where he was like reading off the the Instagram profile of Jacinto's character, and he's like, "Oh, uh, human? Are you a grown human? Like a human, <laughs> a human man? man? Like you know." <laughs> That type of comedy. Um, I always, I really like Jenny Slate's comedy. So mm -hmm. um, I knew that that would funny. at least be um, like just on par with, with yeah. the kind of stuff that she I'd like does. to see her in this because there was so much more emotion to her character than just being silly or, or whatever, you know? Like Also, Elizabeth Berger was the writer. So yeah. props to her. Yeah, she played the that well of, you know, she played it well transitioning from comedic moments to... Uh, more emotional moments and I, I'd like to see her she she seems like a strong actor so do you know what I think Jenny Slate would be great at playing a dark character yeah because comedians always do that really well you have to have those sort of two sides to yeah. you and there is always that stereotype and you know of like comedians really being dark 
people and well, it'll, that are probably, disguised or whatever. She'll probably but... start doing that later in her career. You know, usually they. I mean, she's been around a while. Well, she's not like new to the. No, but the they game. usually like once, once people once they think that people are getting sick of Jenny Slate being in comedies and this and that, then they transition over well, to. I mean, she's not like a. Ma- what I like about her is that she's. It's it's not like uh she doesn't do like these giant rom-coms she still does fairly indie stuff like yeah. her films are sm- you know i don't know a modest uh, seven million dollar budget yeah. or ten million dollar budget or whatever maybe pr- probably more than that um but you know I, I i like her movies i like that they're kind of not these mainstream type of films but i i've seen her in her last film she you know she was kind of plays this character that like gets shit on and has mm-hmm. to bounce back but i would love to see her i would love to see her like play a, a i don't know in a, in a thriller or a drama or something like yeah. a dark drama yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see what she's got coming up i feel like <clears throat> that would be a good a good part for her. i think she would do really well in it yeah like um what's his face comedian oh that guy yeah that guy. guy oh yeah he did well hot pockets oh yeah jim gaffigan jim gaffigan jesus christ brain fart um you know who who to thunk yeah you see him in something as a, as a, a you know a, a serious character yeah and, and it's like holy shit who, who knew that was there yeah i and i think i think she'd be really good i think she'd be really good at that um but anyway the the film itself was like yeah it was it was very it followed the the the, the schematics if you will of, mm-hmm. of, of a rom-com and you know you you knew that they were going to have this like revelation at the end yeah. and realize that these people weren't the people that were yeah. for them and it's always all the of whole that. like True love was in front of you the whole time. Yeah, they follow the trope. Yeah. You know, but uh, I still thought the characters were really funny. And just yeah. like, shout out to whoever's idea. I'm assuming the writer, but maybe somebody else was like, hey, can we have a moment in the film where we just stop and Jenny Slate's character sings the entire Suddenly Seymour song from Little Shop of Horrors yeah. from beginning <laughs> to end? Um, I watched that with a low-grade fever and still could not help but try to sing along because my yeah. voice was completely shot. But that's one of my favorite she films. got some pipes. It's okay, yeah. I mean, she, you know, it's like, it was like supposed to be like school. That's what they you know, say in the biz, right? High school <clears throat> theater, yeah. you know. But it was really, it was like just a really very like cute moment. But I just love that film so much. Mm. So I was like, yes, mm. go Audrey. Audrey 2. Audrey 2. Um, if you haven't seen that, you really should see that. Yeah. Anybody out there, if you haven't seen Little Shop of Horrors with Rick Moranis, the yeah. Rick Moranis one, not like the plays and stuff. Um, Steve Martin. Steve Martin, yeah. Bill Murray. Uh, it's such a good, it's such a fun time. It's a classic, yeah. It is a classic. When we met, you hadn't seen it. Yeah. And I was like, you have to sit down and watch this. And I wonder if you were like, Jesus Christ. Great. What is this about? A big yeah. talking murderous plant? Okay. This what can go wrong here? <laughs> Sounds like a great time. Yeah. But it's a fun movie. Um yeah, so I, I mean I think I think it's I think it's like if you're in a, a in kind of rom com y mood but you don't like typical rom coms, mm. um this is my kind of Yeah. Like the the, the, the cookie cutter ones just like I'm like Ugh. All right. I mean, sometimes they have funny parts in them, you know, but yeah. I, they're just usually like there's some that are like, um, oh, God, completely forgot the name of it. What's the one that I watch all the time when it's on? A rom-com? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. 
Um, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Oh yeah, that. I don't know why that movie just cracks me up, and I it, it if it's on, I'll watch that it. And the proposal. The proposal. <laughs> I love the proposal. Uh, my God, do I like rom coms more <laughs> than I think that I do? Yeah. Are there any others? Probably. I think that might be it. Yeah. I can't think of any other rom-coms that I watch. So those are probably like the two main ones that kind of stuck with me. Yeah. But it's Sandy B. Like, how yeah. do you not? She's a national treasure. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with this with this next one with Channing. Like, I know it's getting very good. Like, people yep. are saying it's really funny. And, and I'm you like... got Sandy B and Brad Pitt. So Sandy B and Brad P. What did... I, I'm so surprised that Brad, like, was, like, he just in town? Like, this doesn't no. seem like something he would ever do. Yeah. I kind of miss the old Brad Pitt. Like, yeah. I'm I'm just saying, I miss pre-Brangelina Brad. Brad Pitt, yeah. Like, his films before that were, like, some well, of my favorites. Once Upon a Time, that, you know, that was him kind of doing his thing again. In Mexico? Was in, he in Hollywood. Was he in Once Upon a Time in Mexico? Oh, I don't know. I'm talking about the Hollywood one with Quentin. Well, yeah, no, obviously, but I mean, is was he in that movie? I don't I think know. So. Johnny I Depp know. was in it, right? Did he have a cameo or something in that? I don't know. I, I'm just completely flaky. I know Julia Roberts was in that, but I can't remember who her partner was, and I want to say it's Brad Pitt, and I don't know if it was. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, no, I mean, like he, he picks like well, actually, I shouldn't say that because he, I think he was already with yeah, he was definitely with Angelina when he did. Um, and glorious bastards. Okay, so I shouldn't say that. He has done some some things, but he just, it was like it's like far in, in like far and few, you know. Like he'll pick he'll pick a banger like Inglorious, and mm. then I don't know, like he he did like a bunch of stuff with her, and their yeah. just their chemistry Mr. was Mrs. Smith. Hor <laughs> well, that's how they met. No, yeah. I'm talking about like they did that other film. That their chemistry is terrible together. Mm. Probably why the marriage didn't last. I don't know, yeah. but it's just like no heat. I just didn't like it. Uh, and I don't know. He like he he had like that little tiny cameo in Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. Like he's done like some stuff, but like you got to I play miss, the white savior. I miss the <laughs> yeah. I miss the the Fight Club days. Yeah. I miss like when he picked roles like California. Yeah. Uh, I'll go all the way back to True Romance, even though that yeah. was a tiny role, but that was such a great part. Like he's such a strong actor. I miss yeah. the Seven Days. Yeah. I miss you know like he was like really really in there and like now i feel like he i don't know he's kind of slightly retired he's like doing those retirement gigs where it's like what part can you give me that won't take more than three days yeah. and like that's it yeah um and i'm like come on brad yeah. you're brad freaking pitt sir yeah you are lieutenant aldo range you need to be reminded of that good grief um I so i don't know enjoying life with his kids i don't know if i will if i will entertain the, the this this latest comedy yeah, I'll probably watch it, so you'll watch it. <laughs> you have no choice. You're gonna watch it because I say you're gonna watch it. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, don't that mind. Kind of I don't works. mind Channing as much as you, as long as he sticks to comedy. Yeah. I don't mind him. Actually, I don't mind him in draw. I mean, whatever. I mean, he he's was, like whatever. He was okay in Foxfire. Fox Catcher. Fox Catcher. Foxfire. That was a movie with Angelina Jolie, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day in the '90s. Oh my God, how yeah. many times did I watch that as a teen? um but it was like i don't know it was kind of like when people were like oh my god look can you believe like channing tatum did such a good job and it's like well that was his job yeah he was supposed to play a serious role i mean the, like i i gave that that film to steve carell more than anybody that was yeah, a fucking yeah. transformation like if anybody deserved credit it was him i don't know channing tatum played like a 
big meaty wrestler. I don't know yeah. how much of a the stone's throw that was from like Yeah, I don't know. I feel like unless it like whenever he I broke him, out into dance, that was all the only thing it needed. Yeah, whenever I see him like I don't know him obviously, but whenever I see him in interviews and stuff, he always seems like a like a chill guy. He's like whatever. Yeah, I guess. I think for me it's just like it's kinda I fell into like the Twilight syndrome with him. It was like once he started dancing his way through Hollywood to mm. get in, it was just like I don't take this guy seriously. Step up. Yeah, it just you know like magic might like I the fuck is this so i never really like i just couldn't take him seriously i just didn't like watching him and stuff yeah just terribly judgmental of me i'm aware of it god i'm admitting it but it's uh, you act like you've never seen a judgmental person i'm before. telling Jeez. my truth here you know i'm just yeah. i'm being honest uh so i don't know maybe i don't know maybe it'll work i mean i never thought that i would cackle at anything that john cena said but you know then he played that fucking marvel character and i was like all right yeah, that there's made a whole me show laugh. that you're gonna have to no. be present for for that no i've been putting it off because i know how much you hate it i don't want to watch that <laughs> have my headphones on for that one um okay so moving right along yeah watch the movie that's basically what we're saying yeah it's good you it's should fun. watch that um so moving along we decided to dive into again if you listen to the show, you know that we're horribly impatient. We hate waiting week to week for anything. So mm -hmm. a lot of shows that everyone said, there's a big buzz about the show. I'm waiting till every episode drops because I don't want to have to deal with stopping. So uh, we waited for Severance to end completely so mm -hmm. that we can kind of binge through that. Um, first and foremost, Jessica Lee Genyi is the DP we're in. Yeah. Just I don't even care what the show's about, show and or film. If she's the DP, I know there's something to it. Yeah. I think that's like kind of a safe bet. Like there's no way. And maybe I won't be in love with this, but there's no way it's not going to be at least good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have to question if something will be good if she's picked it. Mm -hmm. Like she's just, uh, she. I feel like she's very careful about her. You know, I should have asked her that when when she was on well like, you can ask her like, next week when she's on she won't be on next week <laughs> do not tease our listeners like that or myself yeah um but i i if we ever speak to her again i would love to ask her like what her process is for how she picks things so ben stiller directed this show the same as escape from dan Amora. well he didn't direct every episode but it's, he, it's basically his show he, it's basically his show it has he he Directed mo the most episodes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's just say that. The other three episodes were um, directed by Aoife McArdle, uh, but he did most of them. More of them is what I'll say. Um, ben Stiller is interesting because aside from Along Came Polly, I can't... There aren't really many Another things... Another rom-com? Fuck! <clears throat> there you go. <laughs> yeah, but okay, can I just say something? Well, that's Philip Seymour Sands Hoffman. Hoffman yeah. I would have never watched that movie, and I'm just being completely honest here. There's no way I yeah. would have watched that Sands Hoffman. He made that film. Yeah. So I don't really consider that like my favorite rom-com. I only watch that for Philip. Yeah. Like he that the basketball he, scene is one of my that's favorite just scenes like of all time. Epic classic shit right there. But without him, you I don't know bring your how... A game. <laughs> <laughs> like I have to know how much he just riffed on that scene. There, I don't know. There's got to be like hours of footage goat, man. of them like, yeah. just playing basketball with those guys. And just and one Hoffman point, he just, just went riffing. like white chocolate. They yeah. were like, keep it in. Yeah. Rain man, dance. I would love keep to see it that, in. that, uh, that B-roll of that. Yeah. Or like the, or the behind the scenes or whatever. It yeah. would be fucking amazing. I feel like they would have put like Owen Wilson in his part or something. And no, there's yeah. no way in hell I would have watched that. 
God, this is just an episode. No, of it would have been uh, the other one. Um, Luke Wilson. No, uh, uh, Vince. Um, Vaughn. Vaughn. Yeah, that's who would think. Been. Yeah, that's who they would have. That sarcastic. I guess I could kind of see that. <sighs> Fuck, there is another one. Now that you said Vince Vaughn, the breakup. God oh, the breakup. damn it. Yeah. I do watch rom-coms. <laughs> yeah, two with uh, Aniston. Shit. Yeah, two with Aniston. So, okay, fine, whatever. I, uh, It's like a girly side of me that I don't like. Yeah, but you like these movies too, so. Sure. I never least, said I didn't. At least at least I'm not alone. In, uh, I would like to see a comeback of the indie rom-com like real indie rom i mean this one oh for sure yeah. this one was was pretty indie but even indier you i want to like, go back to clerks like <laughs> i want to see shit like that yeah i want to go back into like just like no frills like yeah. indie and comedies. they're out there i'm sure it's just h- harder to find them i think yeah. because there's so many and um it's you the services that you have there's so many services and then there's within those services there's so much to wade through because those smaller films don't have the budget to advertise obviously so they're like it takes a little bit of work to find them but when you do find them it's like i don't know a little bit we digressed a bit yeah but um i'm just i'm gonna add in i'm gonna add in there actually that um i will occasionally entertain a tiktok argument don't ask me why and one of them was this woman who put up a trailer of some like new upcoming like Jim Caviezel okay. uh, film that's coming out where he plays like uh, like a sex trafficking agent or something like that. And of course, you know, the, 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 the tone of the video is like, gee, I wonder why they're hiding this from us and this hasn't been released. And, oh, you know, geez. conspiracy, 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 because God yeah. fucking forbid you recognize the fact that Jim Caviezel has not been a household name since 2004. Yeah. Okay. And that's why like, Oh, I wonder why they're not talking about this because it didn't have a budget that would be worth talking about. And the star of this film has not had a career (laughs) since fucking Bastions of the Christ. Yeah. He's been in shit since then. Go look at it. Go look at the kind of shit he's been in since then. Like that's why, and not everything's a goddamn freaking conspiracy. Yeah. Like it's it amazes me how people and then someone was like someone who is not in the like the film business at all is like arguing with me about how that were how how you discover talent like all you have to do is be in one good movie. I'm like, yeah, you're really yeah. <laughs> clueless if you think that all oh, you is need that to all do it takes? Let me go do that. Like Jesus Christ. Uh, it, it's it's so crazy to me how out of touch people are with how this business actually works and yeah. how they don't realize that you are literally, you have the power in your hands to end what you're claiming is so unfair. But you don't do it because right. are right. you going to go to the theater to see this and support it? No, you're going to, what's what was everybody saying? Where can I stream this? Yeah, you're yeah. not going to go yeah. g- give them their money back, right? You're not going to make it so that they can make another film and all mm-hmm. that shit. So it's like, you're the reason why the studios don't advertise for this more because there's no point. They don't have the budget for it. Yeah. I mean, as it is, the only thing making money in theaters is, you know, Marvel movies, <clears throat> really, DC movies. Yeah, but... Big budget. It, it was just ironic, you know, yeah. that it was like... It's just like, oh my God. <laughs> like, Jim Caviezel... Like, no shade against him, but it's like that... You you can't have one... I think it's 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 interesting that people think that because you have a hit film that you're, you're set. Yeah, yeah. It really doesn't work that there are so many actors that that were the shit in whatever film they did and you thought you were going to see them forever and then boom, they're they're working with Pauly Shore. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It happens. Pauly Shore himself. Yeah. Look, 
And I, listen, okay, I'm going to throw another rom-com in there, Son-in-Law. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going way back into the 90s. That was like probably my favorite initial rom-com. Love that film. Yeah. I love that. I'm, I love Squirrely. I love Biodome and all that shit. But I mean, you know, I'm just being realistic here. Like it's, we're not going into the hugest budgets if if we're working with Paulie Shore. My first favorite rom-com was probably Better Off Dead. Mm. Actually... That was a. That's still a call. I haven't seen that one. For, I, oh. I'd be interested in watching it again to see how it holds up or doesn't hold up. Okay, so genuine question because it was the '80s and we just we we just functioned. weird science is another one. That's yeah, but see, that's that's the thing. Is that a rom com? Because I was gonna, I was just yeah. about to ask. I don't know. It's, if I'm being honest, straight, yeah, uh, was probably Drop Dead Fred. Yeah, but is that a rom com? Yeah. I don't know. Because I still don't know if that's really a children's movie because they're talking about some really fun stuff in there. Yeah. But it was the 80s and yeah. we weren't a bunch of little whiny bitches. So we were <laughs> able to take a joke, um, a very inappropriate joke for, you know, a, a child. I mean, I didn't understand the cobwebs reference until later. Did it pervert me? No, I just didn't get it. Like when kids don't get a joke, they just move past it. You know what yeah. I mean? I didn't realize generally. until like 10 years later, I was like, Oh, cobwebs. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> like got it, got it, got it. Um, but yeah, I I, I don't know. I kinda wanna say that Drop Dead Fred was a sort of rom com. But yeah. maybe not. I don't, I don't know. know. There's probably a bunch that I watched as a kid that <laughs> Yeah. True romance. I mean I there were funny parts in that still. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, sure was. It's still a funny movie. Yeah. Um Come on, Drexel. Like Drexel. it's Gary Oldman as Drexel. Give me a break. Fantastic. Still one of his best roles, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for like a full length feature of just Drexel. How he Drexel should bring that shit back. Rose to power. Yeah, like Drexel in his late years. Yeah. Whatever became he of cleaned Drexel. himself up. <laughs> Shaved off his dreads. Yeah. <clears throat> Let his hose go. <laughs> I'm just saying, Gary. The we'll last going we have them on next week. Right, right, because that's <laughs> happening. Um, okay, so back, back, back to back to Severance. We're going back to Severance. So, um, man, this show—if any show—nailed the landing. Well, I have to say the the actors that were. Yeah, in this. yeah. So Adam Scott, Zach Cherry, Britt Lower. Uh, I want to say it's Tremel Tillman, uh, Jen Tulloch. Uh, is it? So is the therapist? Is her name Dykin? I don't know. D i c h e n. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably something fancy like that. Lockman? Uh, Michael Trennis. John Turturro. Yeah. I fucking love John Turturro. Christopher Walken. Patricia Arquette, which should not come to as a surprise. Um, ben Stiller. I, I don't know if they're besties, but he worked with her in Escape to Danamora. Yeah. They just work great together. So, yeah. um, This role is so different from yes. Escape, you know, which I, which it's I totally really different. And then I want to, and then I want to like give shout outs back in Escape to the makeup department because I really thought that you know she'd had like some rough years. Yeah, they did such a good job, and then like I saw or this. She did, and like... they really cleaned her up well. And anything's possible, but I was like, oh, okay, wow, they did a great job. Um, I have to say, I was most excited for John Turturro. Like, I love John Turturro. He's, yeah, he's such great. a good actor. He's so versatile, and. Um, Man, this show this this show goes in into the list. It's it's up there with Yellow Jackets mm-hmm. on like my, what some sure. one of my favorites for for the year so far. Yeah, it was uh it was so good the the aesthetic of everything was so unique and interesting and and well thought out and 
played so well into the world of it all um because it's almost like man i mean i guess we'll just start getting into it but it's like you know you have this world that they created in this aesthetic and style that these worker personalities are in Mm -hmm. and it almost seems retro you know and it uh, had a very tales from the loop kind of thing going on where you're like what year is this because they have cell phones but their computers are like i was like what what the uh the the aesthetic of it was just so um so unique and interesting and i i I don't know i just loved it and um yeah for a while i I wasn't sure where we were in terms of time frame at the beginning Mm -hmm. um and then when i settled and once i understood it i was you know i I so appreciated it and i love that they didn't have to like explain it you know that's just the world that they are in you know like yeah why these computers are like 8-bit 1970s computers but in the outside world you have actual cell phones and you know it's modern day or whatever right. and so but still a little bit like off right there's it's still a little not quite super reality you know there's just it's a little bit heightened in some way very subtly yeah and i thought they did that so well and um uh i love that i feel like this show you know whoever was making the 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 decisions on the visual end or was approving them kind of really just let her do whatever because some of these scenes were so dark mm-hmm. um not in a bad way uh but some of them were just like so dark and it really lent itself to that's feeling... her like, calling card though like jessica yeah. does great with low like she does beautiful work with low lighting yeah but it, it just made it it just gave it that because you had this really bright interior not really bright but it was like this almost pastel fluorescent, fluorescent kind mm-hmm. of look in the in the work world and then in the outside world it was very dark and moody well inside was like flat like the colors yeah, were yeah. flat everything was super flat and then yeah. outside of that you had like very, this a lot more... of contrast and yeah. um and i really appreciated the fact that they let them you know whoever would whoever signed off on that look and, appro- and allowed it to get to air i'm really glad they did because it gave it it didn't feel like a show you know i, I could easily see this as a as a film you know it mm-hmm. didn't fall into that um thing of feeling like a, t- a show like a lot of netflix shows do mm-hmm. um although this is apple anyway but yeah um yeah apple it was has, just so good has some pretty good stuff i have yeah. to say they, they and they have this awesome well. technique they do when they person when they switch personalities where they do that push pull thing so the, the elevator yeah and or sometimes outside <clears throat> but mainly in the elevator where they have the focal length changes but the framing stays the same so it's just it's so effective, you know, with the little bit of sound design in there. It's and the actors obviously portraying that transition as well. It's it was it's a very interesting take, and I love that they didn't they give you enough of a reason that this happens without going into like mm. the exact kind of science of how it mm-hmm. works. You know, like mm-hmm. they just put a capsule in your head, and that's how it works. Yeah. And you're like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll buy that. Yeah. Because then you have to get into like, well, there's, you see, here's the amygdala. And then there's a, you know, it's like, <laughs> you get into all this crazy stuff. It doesn't work. The amygdala? Amygdala. <laughs> it Is sounded like there was just an M in there. And I was like, where's the amygdala? Amygdala. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, the, and, the, and they really just nailed the ending. Well, also, I want to, I forgot to credit uh, Jen Tolman. She played the sister. I just kind of yeah. was like bouncing around all the names but she did really good she She's was really, really good, good character yeah. too so i didn't want to leave her out um yeah the 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 cat the the casting was great for this um everyone just freaking vibed and worked well together um 
Patricia yep. Arquette did mm-hmm. amazing. John Tatum. I mean, everybody just did a really good job. And uh, I just thought that just like from the set design to the wardrobe, everything just worked. It just worked. And yeah. um, one like one of the actors that stood out the most for me was oh, I'm hoping I'm seeing it right was Tremel Tillman who played uh, Milchek. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he had like this. I don't know. It's just like this. The Milchek walk. The Milchek walk. Yeah, he had this. He walked walked with a purpose. Yeah, this, like this way of walking. It was kind of like this walked. business groove. I don't know <laughs> what to call it. It was like yeah, very yeah, very purposeful, Which very confident. You know, when they had the dance party, it was yeah. like that. He had this rhythm to the way he walked. It was almost like he. It's like it's almost like he was repressing that outside of the dance party, and like just that little bit would come out when he would walk, and then they had the dance party. And so it was like this, you know, where they'll they'll have the camera sort of following the character, almost like it's attached to them. Um, and he's doing this like move, this dance move that cracked us up. Like he just, yeah. I I always love and appreciate when an actor just goes ham and like lets themselves be silly in something, and yeah. and it certainly did, and it it, it worked. Um, John Turturro and Christopher Walken's characters were just so freaking heartbreaking. And, yeah. uh, but then at the same time, the, I felt like the show did an amazing job of um, also s- sort of planting that seed of suspicion where I wanted to trust Walken's character. But for a second, I'm like, maybe we shouldn't. You yeah. know, maybe that m- maybe this is the point is to kind of, you know, he's an older man and he's you know, he walkins out on you and yeah. you're like, oh, how do you not love him? But maybe he is some kind of like spy or, you know, I don't know. Um, but it started to, there were just, it raised so many questions and I absolutely adore that about any script when you, when you're, when your audience is asking themselves if they would react the same way in said scenario. Yeah. And I had to ask myself, like, if this was a thing, is this something that I would want to do? Like, would you want to shut off your work life so that it didn't interfere with your regular life? And is like, is that something I think obviously it all depends on the job that you have. But it kind of also started to go into why this would be necessary, how sad it is is that people have jobs that are so mundane yeah. and uh, but then also so intrusive in their personal lives that they have to actually shut their brain and existence off to it that they would want to just yeah. completely not know and be in the dark about what they do eight hours a day five days a week yeah um, and that is a, a reality for so many people yeah. uh, in the world, but especially in this country where, you know, most people don't like their jobs and they're just no, doing it yeah. to get by. So and it's like, you know, it's not to get too whatever, but it's, you know, it's this whole it, it plays on the, the the reality of for so many, like you said, that that, you know, there's just this corporate culture, right, of like you got to work hard and put in your time and then you'll be successful and it's like well that never ends Mm. right you know it's like you never hit a point where you're like now i can coast right but they but they sell that to you right like Mm -hmm. if you put in your time now later on you'll be making lots of money and have lots of things and it's like you know i always uh think about 65 right (laughs) right but i always think about like the unions right and so back in the day i don't remember what day or what year um when, when the unions were negotiating for rights mm-hmm. all the unions in england were negotiating for more time off and all the 
unions in America were negotiating for more money. Mm-hmm. Well, that more money didn't matter because inflation. Mm-hmm. And then the European unions now, you know, you think about all the other countries that work. They don't work nearly as much as as you know, countries as much as we, more more advanced countries like yeah. Denmark and Switzerland. You know, yeah. uh, Iceland. They when understand you have a kid, the importance. It's like you're off for like a year. You know, yeah. it's like you know, it's crazy. And and so that culture, you know, this film really kind of to me anyway brings to light that kind of um, that culture and that so it, that it's so bad that we have to basically like you know knock ourselves out so that way we never experience work. Um, and the fact that that's necessary or relatable is, you know, I don't know. It's pretty crazy. It was a, it was a very, very interesting concept. I really liked, really liked the idea. I thought it was super creative. Yeah. And um, just the, just the little, just the little touches, you know, to, uh, to their day to day. The fact that they work in a mostly um, empty cubicle with the exception of their cubicles that are all pressed together, which. Yeah. It's like you room. have all this space, and so then you create this sort of this tiny community and claustrophobia, and you just sort of set everybody in the middle of that room. That their their vending machine is like this very generic yeah. kind of vending machine that has these tokens that you have to use to get your snacks, and you're allowed a certain amount of tokens. That fruit, for some reason, is a prized possession yeah. in this place. Like having fruit as a party food. Yeah, melon, like, um, and and using that as, as as an incentive to work better and harder, and and their job their job is it's it's so benign, right? Because it's just like you're looking for what they refer to as scary numbers and yeah. these sequences of numbers that are supposed yeah. to pop out to you, and we don't know why. I mean, I'm yeah. assuming season two they'll probably get into more of what they're actually yeah. doing, um, but like imagine doing that all day which i think at first right like if someone was like hey we're paying you decently this is all you have to do you're like oh aces like i got that i just have to like find whatever sequence a number pops out at me but think about doing that for eight hours straight like you're just sitting in front of a computer staring at numbers and looking for the right sequence of numbers yeah to bin Uh, you know like that would be the writing on the show torture is just brilliant because it sets so many things up right It, it builds this bigger world you have like the goat room, which makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> right. But it's like you know later on that that will yeah. that will make sense. We still don't know what they do. Right. You know that speaks to the writing and how amazing the show is. Yet we still don't know what they do. That's what they were trying to figure out the whole time, and right. we still don't know. But it's still something that there's still so much story with the characters. Each character has a really compelling story, and um, you know, so there's still so much story left to tell. So. It allow by building such a big world and so much complexity in it, it allows you to have that ending that you have where you have this big reveal almost, but there's still so much still left. Like I'm so curious as to what's the next step, right? Because the cat's out of the bag, so to speak, for those workers. So how do you go forward from here, right? Mm-hmm. Like they can't just unless they like reset them and then they start over again with But they've already informed people outside of that. Right. You know, they've so, already, you know, she's, he talked to his sister and, and, um, she had that thing to say at the, at the event. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, then, you know, Walken's character is going to answer the door. So, you know, that'll be interesting, even though he'll just be like, what the hell am I doing here? So right. That, that one's kind of like a, a less, in, less impactful in the world as the other two. But, um, 
but more emotionally impactful for him, I assume. Well, no, because Adam Scott's character is. And Adam Scott, too, you know, it's good to see him in a more dark role, mm -hmm. you know? Um, he got to flex some muscles that he probably doesn't get to use yeah. a lot. And There was only opposite. one thing about the the circumstances there that that I was a little confused by. Not confused, but I just, uh, I, I felt differently on because I felt like they were so monitored that yeah. had they only been miked, they would have known everything that was happening. Like, I, I have to wonder, a company that is doing this much to hide what they're actually doing, right? Would they not have microphones everywhere? Right. They would, they're the, like the desks would be mic'd. They wouldn't be able to have private yeah. conversations in the closet of the, you know, supply room closet yeah. because they would have heard everything. Obviously there would be no show, right? Because yeah. then it would have just ended right there. But that was just like one thing that I'm like, for being as diligent as they were, there were so many well, places for them to have private yeah. conversations to sort of wreak havoc. But you have to assume <clears throat> that that there's so much more going on there that while we see what's going on. Well, there's all these other doors. Like we don't even yeah. know what's going on in all these other, other rooms. Stuff, but so so yeah, that may be the case. They may be monitored more so than we think, but um they just may be so busy with the other parts of the building. And that was the one thing the goats. Yeah, that was the one thing that was kinda like kept you in the dark of what else because you only see even though, even when those the main character, the main worker characters are not on the screen, and you're seeing Milchek and 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 Patricia Arquette's character, it's all about those workers, right? Mm -hmm. They don't, they're not talking about any other. And you have to assume that this place is huge, and there's other issues and other problems going on. It would have been nice to have a little peek at other things. Well, we got Walken's room, right? Like they yeah. they have a which whole was, job yeah, of which... their own when he stole the piece. And they got it back. So, like, yeah. it's almost like every department could be its own season. Like, there's enough going on, you have yeah. to assume, in this building that everyone would have their own suspicions. And there's more people in that department, even, in yeah. Walken's department. And so I it's like, what are they what doing? They we're really doing. They had, like, actual objects they were putting in machines or right. taking out of machines. and Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's what was so fabulous about yeah. it. It was just, like, what are they doing? And, and how are they so content with not understanding what they do? I mean, you yeah. have to have some kind of comprehension because you there's a, a a pattern to what you're doing you have yeah. to know how to do it yeah um but i loved that we never got we never got the answer to that mm -hmm. we still have no idea what goes on in this building and how many departments are within it yeah um how did milchek become milchek yeah because he has like these slight moments where he almost has like a good side yeah there were like moments where i felt like well, that was was so like brilliant. I want to know who he was outside of this. Yeah. We didn't get to. I hope that they do get into that on season two. Obviously, we saw who Patricia Arquette was, and that you know she's not actually forgetting who she is up there. Yeah. She's getting to kind of flow in and out. Is that the same for Milchek? Like, does he come in and out? I think so because he one of the workers at one point when they were screaming like yelled at him like you don't have to forget you get to leave here. Yeah, okay, blah, yeah, because I know the, the and other he went guy. to his house. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm house. sorry. Duh. And yeah. So yeah. So but. The, yeah, but like, how did he get it? So, well, the, that's the things like when they fired Patricia Arquette, it's like I, I had a, I was curious about that because there's so much, um, there's so many secrets that she knows mm -hmm. about that place that they, they wouldn't just fire her and allow right. her to run out there and, you know, spill the beans on everything, you it know? It seems kind of, it's suspect. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. She seems like a major liability. So, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure how that would work out. But one of, if I had to take one thing from this show, I think one of the best things about this show is the fact that at face value, 
one would assume that people are volunteering themselves to be part of this program so that they can forget about what they do during the day to give themselves time, right? right? Because the, the common, the common uh, um, sort of uh, um, connection between everybody we can assume is that there's some kind of sadness and or trauma. So for uh, the main character, his wife has passed away. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, but so he thinks. his wife has passed away. And so he's basically using this program as a way to just sort of take a mental break from the angst and anguish that he feels about her passing and give himself less time to be depressed. Yeah. That's really all he's doing this for right and Totoro seems obviously like a character who's lacking yeah in his life we didn't get the details of that but um you know so we can assume and then you know obviously with the um oh god what was her name oh the ceo um, helly yeah, like with Helly's character, we know what her reason for being there is. Yeah. But also, um, you know, what like what's the deal with Dylan's character? He's got yeah. a family, right? Yeah. So what is he trying to escape from? Like what's going on? So we can assume that there's a connection in that. In, in that. But what I think is so amazing is that it, the way I look at it, at least, is that I feel like it was more like it was sold to them because they were vulnerable. Right. Not so much that this is their idea, but that the company needed people to do this job. Yeah. And there's no way to do this job. Like I said, there's no way to stare at a computer screen at a sequence of numbers for eight hours straight and not lose your shit and not question it. Yeah. Anyone in their right mind is going to be like, I can't. This job sucks. Yeah. I'm not doing this. What am I even doing? I don't understand it. They would need an explanation. But if they take people that are sort of on this brink of sadness or depression or you know then they have less to question because they find this like community in being there yeah um so that's what i loved about it that like at face value you're like oh why would people do this and it's like no i think it's actually the other way around it's that it's more about what they're doing and that they sort of talked them into it yeah uh because again how would whatever nefarious thing they're doing how would they do this with regular people that weren't shut off at the end of the day yeah basically yeah yeah, it's. Uh, I really. I was so intrigued with with where Haley, Halle, what was it? Helly, Helly, Helly's storyline went because I've always been intrigued with the idea of you know if you're have amnesia and then you come and then you're like a good person you mm. come to and you're a good person and and then you find out that you're not actually a good person that you're an evil person and so um, that was really intriguing to me um, to kind of see that but I don't know I it's I'm just so so curious as to where it's gonna go um and now i have to wait like a year to find <laughs> out <sighs> this is the part that sucks about things hopefully it'll come a little bit sooner um we should be getting the second that the the second part to the last season of ozark soon so um oh, yeah i don't know hopefully severance doesn't take because that's the problem is like we watch so many shows that I don't remember anything by the time the next season comes. It's like, what happened again? Yeah. I don't. Even shows you character? like, it's like yeah. hard to keep track. I I can love the show, but fourteen months later, I don't remember. Sometimes two years, you know, like I don't yeah. remember what. I already am like starting to forget what the hell happened at the end of Handmaid's Tale, right? Like she yeah. kind of went AWOL with shit, and it's yeah. like I remember, you know. But it's like I'm gonna have to recap and and. and go through that all over again because those little details get lost you know i just i mean i get it it takes a long time to film a show but it's like good grief yeah 
I would almost rather the seasons be like six episodes and release twice a year mm. than to give me like, oh, we did 12 episodes. See you in two years. Yeah. You know, I would rather like release in January the six episodes, December again, you know, like just or something, you know, like from spring to spring or a, a little, a little bit. Yeah of more that consistency because there's just this isn't 30 years ago where you didn't have this many oh my god look at the options of shows we had yeah i grew up in a house without cable my shows and were they, like look, channels they, they 2 through to, 13 like that was it yeah an hour drama in the evening back in the day you you would a season would be like 28 something episodes right and they would do it every year almost yeah and, uh, and you had to wait every week so you didn't yeah. wait very long you would wait the summer yeah for them to and get back that, to it that's not sustainable for crew and, and right whatever which i'm glad that that's changed but it's still like i still feel like there's there's there, there's room for improvement whatever however you do it like if you were to like always be behind right so if you filmed the show then it was done and then you waited to release the show until you were already shooting the second season or something like that. I think you the know, problem is that you don't know what's going to happen in the first season. Yeah. They can shut the show down. You know what I mean? Yeah. That first season is always like how, what's the reception going to be? Yeah. So it's kind of hard to gauge that. But anyway, I thought this show was brilliant. Like it will be in, in my top 10 for the year for sure. Um, yeah. I, I loved it. I thought it was so good. So clever. I just, um, like again, I, Whatever Ben Stiller and Jessica Lee are selling, I'm buying. Like yeah. I don't even need to know. I think they're working on a movie next. I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I don't care. Like yeah. I'm watching it. <sighs> so good. So good. Shout out. Mograph. Mograph. Dot com. Um. Also, um. So we were supposed to go to Camp Mograph. We were like set and ready to go, and unfortunately. Yeah. Mr. Robinson here could not no. get the time from work because other people had the time. And it was like, uh, but yeah. if you can go, obviously, go. Um, go check go check that out and, and hang out with everybody for us. Yeah. Have a good time or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, next week is our 200th episode. We have zero Ooh. plans for it. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll probably just talk our way through it. It's been 200 episodes. Yeah. How did we get here? I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk more about it next week. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It'll be a little uh, like 200 weeks later. Podcast powwow. Yeah. Sounds like a, sounds like a blast. Yeah, blast people.